Guys, I can't tell you how important it is when you guys rate and review this podcast. It absolutely means the world to me. So today I want to highlight Sims Shady 13 review. Lisa, I've been on quite the journey for almost a year now. And as I'm about to turn 40, I've realized how much I've missed out on life due to the indoctrination of belief I have. I so thank you and your wonderful husband for the work you do. You have no idea the impact you've had on my life. Thank you. Thanks, Sim Shady, for such a wonderful review. Born on cocaine with a drug-addicted mother, the only silver spoon today's woman of impact witnessed was that of the one her mother used to shoot up. Her childhood home was so laden with drugs that even Tony Montana would have been envious. Now, by age six, she witnessed her mother's overdose. By age seven, she was taken to her first therapist. And by age 12, her psychiatrist put her on her very first prescriptive drug. Her voice hadn't even been developed yet, and it was already being taken away from her. And by the time she reached 24, she was dependent on 14 prescribed medications, treating her from everything from depression to anxiety to ADHD. And it wasn't until her failed suicide attempt did she finally realize that the medication given to help her may actually be what was destroying her. So after 11 years of being medicated, like a freaking badass, she stopped cold turkey. Even as a certified medical lab technician with a background in psychology and genetics, she knew drugs weren't the answer to her addiction or to her withdrawals. So she left a very coveted position to explore natural healing through yoga, meditation, exercise, herbs, books, food, art, and music, and is now over eight years clean. Now a motivational speaker, musician, founder and CEO of The Organic Life, a successful holistic and sustainable living platform and best-selling author of the smash hits Cured by Nature and Wild Habit, she openly shares her personal experiences along with her knowledge and actionable practical advice on how to adapt, grow mind and body. Featured in Forbes, Oprah, CBS, Teen Vogue, Cosmo, Pop Sugar Fitness and Glamour Magazine to literally name a few. She is truly a shining example of how we all can harness our true power. So guys, please help me in welcoming the woman who was born without a voice and now speaks and touches millions. The woman who even now with her financial success doesn't need a Bugatti to define her. And the woman who went from being addicted to destructive drugs to being addicted to the purity of life. The naturally organic Tara Mackey. Yay! Welcome to the show, gal. Thank you for having me. Thank of you for that course. beautiful intro. Oh man! When I do intros to episodes, it's always to give someone a little background of their story. And I had a quote from you that resonated with me so much and so core to my belief system that this is where I want to start. Yes. You say. What I was feeling was nothing but the story I had been telling myself for 11 years. And if I was going to keep telling myself the same story over and over again, then I was going to have the same life. Man, the power of a story is so um, embedded in how I work. Talk to me about that, what your story used to be and how you came to that realization. Because it seems like you took yourself from feeling like you were powerless to being powerful. Yes. Story is so important. And I had been told from the first day that I was medicated that something was wrong with me. See, I already felt something was wrong with me because I grew up with drug and alcohol addicted parents. I grew up in a situation that wasn't the norm. It wasn't the same that everyone else was going through. And so once a psychiatrist says to you, before you're even 13 years old, 
you're gonna need these drugs for the rest of your life or you will not be able to function properly. And he's a doctor. That's what I believed. Mm -hmm. I absolutely believed, okay, I'm gonna go on this drug and maybe one day when I get pregnant, I'll have to come off of it. But other than that, there's no way that I'm gonna go through a life in which I'm not using prescription medication for anxiety, depression, and all these things that are quote unquote wrong with me. And then the second that I wanted to have a different life, I, I really just came to the conclusion that if I want to have a different life, I have to have a different set of beliefs. Mm. And if I want to have a different set of beliefs, I have to act differently. And if I want to act differently, I have to think differently. And if I want to think differently, I probably shouldn't be on 14 different drugs. So for me, it was a self-experiment to be like, well, this is the longest standing thing I've been doing. I've been taking these drugs from the ages of 12 to 24 years old. Let's see what happens if I come off of them. Mm. And it was the catalyst for everything else that happened after that. Every reason that I've been successful is because I made that commitment and I stuck with it. Um, when it was really, really difficult, when I was going through really bad withdrawal symptoms and all I wanted to do, I knew all I had to do was go back and take a Lamictal and I wouldn't be throwing up 15 times a day anymore. But it was in that moment where I went to go take the Lamictal a few weeks after coming off of my drugs and I had a moment of realizing, I'll be here again. I'll be right here again few months from now, a few years from now, looking at a pill, staring at a pill in my hand and deciding whether or not to take it and trying to stop taking it again. And if I can do it now, if I can do it when I'm 24 years old, I can still have a life. So I like to say I made the decision twice. I decided to come off the drugs and then when it got really bad and I thought about going on them again because I still had them tucked under my bathroom cabinet, I made the decision for the final time that I was gonna throw them in the garbage and see what life was like without them. Because it had already been long enough, it had been a few weeks where I was like, I don't think I actually need this to feel better. I think my body needs this mm. now at this point. I'm addicted to it, my body's addicted to it, but I don't mentally need it. Like I felt clear for the first time ever. And my message is not for people to come off of pharmaceutical medication. Right. My message is for people to figure out what in their life is not working for them and then make the commitment to change. God, there's so much there. So let's start with how do you change that story? So you've been told this from a very young age. You're sick. You have mental issues, mm -hmm. I believe you were told. Yeah. Um, you need to go to a psychiatric ward, you were told at mm -hmm. one point, I believe. And so you've got these experts telling you. You're young enough to people like you don't know. Right. So you're growing up with the story in your head. So making that decision to switch is so powerful. But how did you come to that realization? Like, what was that first marker that maybe people at home could go, oh, wow, yeah, that happened to me. Okay, so maybe I need to change the story I'm telling myself. Um, after my suicide attempt, which was right before I came off of my medication, that really was a fork in the road for me okay. because it was another point in time where I was like, you know what, if I don't change something, I'm gonna be here again. And when I tried to kill myself and nothing changed, I was like, okay, this isn't the answer. Like mm. something else is the answer. And I'm not here because I'm depressed. I'm here because I'm hopeless. And I realized that I needed to create that for myself, that no one and nothing else was gonna say, this is what your future looks like. And I think it was that conviction that really made me take the next steps of coming off my drugs and finding natural alternatives. 
I had never meditated. I had never really taken inventory of what I was eating or my nutrition or supplements or what I was putting in my body. I never thought about the company I was keeping, how much I was speaking with other people who were very anxious and had that identity. And so there was a lot of dismantling that came along with it. I had to dismantle so many parts of my personality, so many stories I'd lived with for so long, but it felt good. Every time I said no to something that I used to say yes to, every time I said no to hanging out with that toxic friend or no to taking that drug or no to going to a fast food place and just eating like shit because it was cheap, I felt better. I felt so much better than when I used to say yes and give in. Mm. Take me through one of those dismantling, like how do you actually do that then? You just say no. Mm. But I don't think it happens overnight because mm. I, I speak to so many people who are like, I did this for two weeks or four months or a year and then I just slipped right back into where I was before because those patterns are comfortable. Mm. And most people want to be comfortable. But comfortability is where all the destruction lies. I think when you finally get out of your comfort zone, if you're trying to change your life, you have to get out of your comfort zone. For me, it was about figuring out, okay, what did I always want to do? Um, what have I been putting off to go work in a lab and make the money I've been told I need to make and have the job I've been told I need to have? Like, what do I really want to do? And so I came off on my medication and I quit my job and I was faced with a decision. Like I need to figure out what the next step is. And I started doing things that I hadn't done in a really long time. I started painting again and singing again and writing music again. And I started a band and I started to do these things that actually brought me to life. So even though I was sick, if I had to excuse myself at rehearsal and go throw up in the bathroom for five minutes, whatever, that was totally worth it to me to have people in my life who understood where I was coming from, people who said, you're not crazy to come off your drugs and allowing those kinds of people into my life, allowing myself to do the things that I was always called to do, not the things that I was supposed to do. That really, mm. really, really changed everything. It's the other stuff. It's the trying to fit in stuff that's difficult. That's interesting. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. Mm -mm. It doesn't feel like you're doing the more difficult thing. Mm -mm. It feels like changing is going to be the most difficult yeah, thing. of course. So do you think that just all that. comes in hindsight? Yeah, I think it comes in hindsight and I think it comes from doing it. I think mm. we get in our own way of saying this is going to be difficult, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. We'll try and see how difficult it really is because most of the time it's what actually kind of brings us to life. It was like a reminder to me of like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. I'm not here to analyze sperm samples <laughs> at Cornell at the fertility clinic. I am here to make music and share my story and usher in a new way of consciousness where people can realize that they have alternatives to some of the most commonly prescribed pharmaceutical drugs on the market, which if somebody had told me that when I was 12, mm -hmm. somebody had said, instead of lithium, why don't we try putting you on a GABA supplement and St. John's wort and 5-HTP, all natural, all herbs, all stuff that's already made in your body that sometimes just through improper nutrition, we've depleted ourselves or sometimes our body doesn't make enough naturally. Um, and if somebody had just told me that or given me that alternative to try mm -hmm. before they put me on something that they said, if you come off this, you might die, which by the way, they were right. I mean, the withdrawal symptoms I went through were no joke. They were gnarly and they lasted for three years because I came off cold turkey instead of going to a hospital and detoxing and doing it correctly, right? So if you don't have to go on them at all. If, if you can find an alternative that works for you before you even take that step, that's where the magic is. I mean, that's really claiming your health and claiming your life.
But how do you go against the doctor in the moments where you don't necessarily know better? So the one thing, even just within our company, we always say everyone's got an opinion, everyone can voice their opinion, but at the end of the day, um, there are only certain people that have credibility in mm -hmm. that area. And the people that have credibility are the people that can make those decisions. Yep. So you're young, um, even as you're getting older, you're still on the drugs, you turn to people that supposedly have the credibility. Right. Um, how do you challenge that? Because again, not even just drug-based, like anyone at home that is dealing with something and they're like, yeah, but this person knows more than me, so I just follow them blindly. How did you combat that? That's so powerful. I used my own intuition. And well, I think, what does that look like I then? think intuition is more powerful than all the knowledge and all the degrees and everything in the world because I think it's the universe and your, your deep in your heart is explaining to you what you really need in this life and where you really need to go. Now for me, when I came off the drugs, like I had a background in biology, my, but my background was not in pharmaceuticals. Right. But when I came off them, I said, you know, I'm curious, how have these things been working? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is in... Seroquel, what's in Lamictal, what's in these drugs? And once I really started to research it and I realized like, I don't think these things really work. I mean, I'm sure they work for some people, but I think that there's gotta be alternatives to this that actually I can scientifically say, do what they intend to do. And so once I started using those things and they actually did work, I was like, aha. <laughs> and um, I, I just love that because I felt like it was like the little doctor scientist in me just being like, I need to know my why. Yeah. And then once I figure out my why, I can actually treat the problem. So GABA really did work for my moods. Mm -hmm. um, I was taking fentanyl for pain. I started to take turmeric and skullcap, which are all totally natural and they worked overnight. And so once I realized that these alternatives existed, it was very, very hard for me to turn back, knowing that the other things really hadn't ever worked. Mm -hmm. One thing I love, just one out of many, but one thing I love about you and that we share is taking ownership of everything. Mm -hmm. And I heard you saying that um, all these drugs, yes, the doctors were giving it to you, but you took ownership over the fact that you were taking them. Yeah. And I have the exact same thing in antibiotics. Part of a massive health thing that I've been battling for four years was an over overuse of antibiotics of for course. 15 years. Yeah. And so many people say to me, you know, damn those doctors, and I can't believe it. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I'm the one that swallowed them. Right. I'm the one that didn't look up on the internet when the doctor was like, you know, I shouldn't give you too much of this, but here you go. I heard I shouldn't give you too much of this, but I never looked into why. why? Right. And so it doesn't empower me, because I always try and do what empowers me. It doesn't empower me to put the responsibility on the doctor either. Right. And the second, like in hearing what you're saying, I looked it up. I used my intuition. I tried to see what worked for me. Yeah. And taking that ownership is so powerful, whether it's health or business or other aspects of your life. Yeah. Um, do you have um, any regrets? No, I don't have any regrets because every single thing that's happened in my life has brought me right here. And right here is exactly where I'm supposed to be in this moment. I love it. And the reason why I asked you that is because recently I heard um, a study, I guess if you call it, or an article that said that, um, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge is like the, the most popular place where people try to commit suicide. Oh, I didn't know that. And there's a small handful of people that survived. 
Um, and every single person that survived jumping off the bridge, they all unanimously said the second they let go, they've regretted it. Ooh. And when I think about the people that sadly successfully achieve suicide versus the people that have tried, and because of that trying and failing, it's almost like a shock to the system and kind of gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Um, how do you avoid or can we avoid ever getting to that point in the first place so that you don't have to get to the point where you it's either too late or you end up you know having to change um or it being that extreme um two things i think like like i mentioned when i got to that point when i got to a suicidal point that i still have the scars to show for it and even when people ask me do i regret do i regret right doing something that i have scars for that i have to see every single day no, because it's a reminder to me that it didn't succeed, right? And that I had that realization that this is not about depression, this is about hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And so I think the answer to mm -hmm. how we prevent people from getting suicidal is giving them hope. And I think the way that we give people hope is through education. And I don't think that it's any coincidence that I came off drugs in 2011 when most people were going on them. Hmm. You know, I'd been on drugs my whole life. I didn't really know anyone else who was on them. And now most of the people that I speak to are on one or more different kinds of pharmaceuticals to treat everything from how we're feeling emotionally to how we're feeling physically to just prevention, right? Things that may or may not pop up in the future. And I think because it's becoming more and more of the doctor's answers, mm. we need to counteract that with the education mm. of what else can we do? What did we do before we invented all these drugs, right? For hundreds of thousands of years, what have we been medicating with? Because it hasn't been something that comes in an orange bottle. Yeah, so true. Um, and what I love about you is you give tactical tips as well and tactics on how to do that mm -hmm. because let's face it, we all have habits. Mm -hmm. And so breaking a bad habit or encouraging a good habit isn't easy to do. Right. So take me through the bad habits and then how we start overcoming them. Yeah. So the four-step method that I used and then realized that I needed to share with others was the acronym WILD. So um, the way to turn any bad habit into a good habit is to use the WILD method, which is willingness, intuition, love, and discipline. And we need to be willing to recognize what we're doing is not currently working, but it's a bad habit that's really hurting our lives. Mm. So I love to write it down. Like I really do. Okay. I love to just be like, okay, what am I doing in my life right now that's not serving me? And just take inventory of what's not serving you. Maybe it's like you're dating somebody that you know is really bad for you. You're friends with somebody that just like brings you down all the time. Mm. Or you know, you're eating too much or you're not exercising enough or you're working too much or you're not working enough. You know, it's some amalgamation of one of those things. Mm. And um, we just need to take inventory of what they are because I think what we do over many, many years is we just kind of ignore them until they blow up in our face, mm -hmm. until we just can't ignore them anymore, until we're on, you know, the brink of ending the relationship or our relationship with our family becomes so strained because we haven't addressed these things or you know, we lose our job or we end up in the hospital because we've worked too much. Like there's so many, so many different ways that, that we can stop it before it's staring us in the mm. face. And I think the first step is to be willing to see what it is and be willing to change it. Mm. Love that. And that's why the next step is intuition because everyone's like, well, how? Well, 
that's up to you. Only you really know how, right? Like I can give people the tools, mm -hmm. but only you'll know what direction you're supposed to go. And if you go in a direction and it doesn't work, just turn around and go in the other direction you were gonna go. Like life gives you infinite opportunities to use your gut to make these decisions that can bring you to higher and higher places. So would you say kind of test the water? So if your intuition's telling you to go left, go left, but then still use your intuition to see if that was actually the right decision versus doubling down and going, well, here I am. Absolutely. And you'll know, you'll feel it. It'll feel like a big yes. It'll, or it'll bring you something that you've always wanted and like weren't even really working for in that moment. That's how I kind of knew mm. that my intuition was was working is and the paths I was going were the path I was supposed to be on. And it's not instant, but it's like, what are the odds that the first friend I made after cutting all the toxic friends out of my life was a person who was like, hey, I'm going to move back to California. Do you want to move with me? <laughs> and that was all just from making the one decision of like, I'm only going to keep people in my life who are supportive and wonderful and the, the kind of people that I always want to be around, not the kind of people who are around me because I have pharmaceutical drugs they can steal or you know, they're depressed and they want to be around, you know, miserable company. Like, I want to be around people who show me who I really am, period. And making that decision really was the catalyst that changed a lot in my life and brought me out here and kind of started everything. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so you, we've got WI. Yeah. Let's go to L. The next one is love. So I think when we start to use our intuition and we start to make these decisions, it can be really hard because people, this is around when toxic people in our life or our family or whatever will be like, hey, whoa, because the people who you surround yourself with were not the people who were inspiring or making those changes for however long a period of time. I was gonna ask, how do you know the difference? Because these are people I'm sure who are saying, I say it because I love you. Right. How do you make that? You just have to really use your intuition. I was going to say, you have to use your intuition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do they really have my best interests right. at heart, or are they doing this for their own um, reasons? Mm. And even with my family, I didn't tell my family that I came off my drugs for a year. Not because oh, wow. I didn't want them to discourage me, although they definitely would have, but because I didn't want them to feel responsible. I didn't want them to feel like I put her on these drugs when she was too young to consent mm. and now she feels like she doesn't need them. And I didn't want them to take on any of that guilt, especially while I was still going through it. And so um, that was me actually showing them love of not wanting to put that on them and showing myself love of like, I need time. Like yeah. I need time to heal. I don't want to explain myself to everybody right now. Other people's opinions will always, especially people you really care about who are likely the first people you're going to tell, mm -hmm. um, they'll always influence you. And no matter what their reaction is, good or bad. And so for me, it was about like, I'm just going to do what I know I need to do in my little bubble <laughs> for as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And then I'll share it with people. And I was sharing it with my friends, my new friends I was making. I wasn't really sharing it with, you know, my old friends who I had like just dropped off the radar, mm -hmm. but I was sharing it with people who were encouraging me and that really, really helped, really helped. Okay. That's amazing. Um, and then the D stands for discipline. So doing those three steps over and over and over again every single day until you see and feel the significant change in your life. And so how do you develop discipline? I honestly believe that it's doing the things that you don't want to do. Like every time that you meet a resistance, do it. 
All right, so take me through, give me one thing that you felt like you had to be disciplined on and let's go through that. Mm. Definitely, definitely staying off my drugs. Okay, perfect. So you know intellectually, these aren't good for me, I need to try something new, but your body's freaking screaming, give it to me. Right. How do you develop that for three years when everything else is screaming to you, just do it and I'll be okay, right? Because like, that's right. pretty much what your body's telling right. you. I pictured my future on drugs and off drugs and it was like this fork in the road of like what do you want to accomplish and how hard are you willing to work to get there <laughs> how hard are you willing to work to have the life you want and it was the same thing that I mentioned before of they both looked to me equally difficult Mm -hmm. It was like life on drugs is going to be difficult in a completely different way than trying to live every single one of my dreams is going to be difficult. But you know what's going to be a lot more satisfying? Living every single one of my dreams. Sober. And so I just wanted to live my best life. And living my best life to me meant doing it medication free. Did you have any relapses at all? Mm -mm. Wow. wow. Not one. Eight years. Totally sober. A little over eight now. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, well, I assume you have in your life at some point failed just because you're so successful oh that I everyone that I've ever met that's been <laughs> successful failed. failed. <laughs> um, how do you come back from failure? Um, and especially, God, I'm just going to keep harping on about this, but when you're, you've had a, a past of drugs that numbs you, when you fail... I would assume, and I'm just assuming here, but I would assume that it'd be easy to then go back to the drugs when that, that pain of failing or that upset, um, some people, you know, turn to drugs and alcohol to numb it. Coming over, overcoming those, those habits of reaching for the medicine cabinet every time I had an uncomfortable right. feeling, that took the longest. I feel like that was harder mm. than like the withdrawal symptoms and people's opinions and everything was... The second I would meet a wall that I was uncomfortable with, I'd be like, where are my pills? Because that's all I had done since before I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So all I had taught myself to do was uncomfortable feeling, medication. Uncomfortable feeling, medication. It's a habit loop. Habit loop. So every single time I had an uncomfortable feeling and I didn't reach my medication, I could so easily see that it wasn't failure. It was a lesson. There was no such thing as failure as long as I kept going. The only failure would be in stopping. And that's kind of one thing that you stuck in your mind that you would keep repeating? Over and over and really? over and over and over again. The only failure is doing nothing. And moments like this are what I pictured a lot when I was in a bathroom over a toilet bowl for years on end, was like one day I'm going to share this with people and it's really gonna make an impact. And One day. And here you are, girl. <laughs> here That's amazing. Let's keep talking about the habit for a second mm -hmm. because um, everyone has habits. Right. And so identifying which ones are good for you and which ones are bad for you, A, isn't easy because you can convince yourself that the bad habits actually are good for you. Right. Um, and then how to switch that habit loop so that, let's say your instinct, right, says go grab the, uh, go to the medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. How did you stop that wiring? Did you take out the drugs from the medicine cabinet? Like what are those things that people can also do to alter that habit loop or what, it, not necessarily drugs, but any habit loop that they have? You have to replace okay. the bad thing you were doing. So it's, I realized after a while, you know what? I'm gonna have uncomfortable feelings in this life. <laughs> 
and I'm still working on the the parts of you know the interpersonal parts of mm. of how I deal with uncomfortable feelings and conflict and things like that because for so long I just shut off and mm. numbed out and wouldn't talk to people um, that I you know was hurt by or had hurt um, and I just started replacing it every single time I wanted to take a drug I would go make a tea every single time I wanted to shrink away from somebody I would call them every single time I got into a fight with somebody I would apologize it was just like okay what did I used to do and how do I do it differently this time and is it going to make an impact and it did every single time that I first of all, said no to something I would normally say yes to. I felt awesome. I felt like a badass, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because you're like, I'm saying no to the things that most people say yes to. And that's the best feeling in the world because right. it's control. Like all you want when you're taking a drug is your control back. And the real control lies in having the choices over your decisions. Wow. And making the choice that you actually know is best for you in the time, not the choice that is comfortable. What are you currently struggling with and what is your technique to, that you are currently working on to get over it? So right now I feel like I'm struggling with like my power, like coming, like coming into all the power that I truly know that I have and how many gifts and talents and things I have to share with the world. Like every day I wake up and I'm just like, oh, there's a million things on my to-do list and I have so many songs to create and so many books to write and so many programs and so many people to talk to and so many products to create and so much education to do. And so for me, that's what I'm struggling with right now is owning all of that, figuring out what that really looks like and how to implement that into um, a way that's not going to drive me insane. Mm. And how how are you doing that? Um, I make to-do lists every single day and I check those to-do lists off. Do you Every do things in, in order of priority? In order of priority, okay. yeah. In order of priority, and then sometimes that priority changes. When you know when you own a business, there's a lot of stuff that comes up last minute. Um, I almost never get overwhelmed. Like, if I don't get to it by the end of the day, I'm like, it's okay. I have tomorrow, and I have the next day. And I feel like when that's so new for me, because when you're fighting any health issues, you're like, I don't know if I have tomorrow. I don't know if I have the next day. I got to do all this right now. Like I don't. And so that's what I'm struggling with is like slowing down. Like I'm 32 years old. I don't need to do every single thing right now. This instant I have time and the more time and attention and I give to things and the slower I am with them, the better they will turn out. Hmm. How often do you think about death like that? Hmm. I think about it a lot. <laughs> you do? In, in the most empowering way possible, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, you could die tomorrow, Lisa. So are you doing right. you know, X, Y, and Z? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Yeah. Um, but st- I still struggle, though, because sometimes, you know, owning your own business is like, no, I freaking hate what I'm doing right, right. now. <laughs> yeah. But you have to do it yes. because yeah. that next stage you know you're going to love. Yes. I don't know how long I have. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I'm trying to make as much as I possibly can. I think that's really what was actually my driving force to putting out so much music this year was like, what if I die tomorrow? Like, I barely have anything recorded. This is so dumb. I have a million like songs in my voice memos and no one's ever heard any of them. I have to put this out there right now. So I want to take this life that I've been given, this one life that I know I have and do as much with it as I possibly can. Without getting overwhelmed. Without getting overwhelmed. And keeping myself healthy, right? Because we know stress like makes us sick. And um, dis-ease is exactly that. 
I also struggle with the balance of, and balance has been my word for the whole year of like, mm. how am I going to build this empire and be a wife <laughs> for the first time ever and like keep up all my friendships and do all the things I know I need to do to succeed, put music out in the world, create new products, like educate people, stay, keep people in the loop of what's going on in my life and not go insane. <laughs> and so how do you balance that? I write a lot of lists, like even if it's friends I have to call back that I haven't spoken to in a while, like because I'm so compartmental, I have to be like, okay, here's a list for my interpersonal relationships. Here's a list of what I have to do for my business. Here's a list of what I have to do for music. Here's a list of what I have to do to grow the company 10X in the next two years. Like every time I check something off, I'm like, okay, that's growth. That's something that wasn't done mm -hmm. yesterday. And so I can feel good about the fact that I have this vision in mind of what I want my life to look like. It's great right now wonderful right now super happy but i have this vision of what i want it to look like and i'm taking the steps to get there mm -hmm. and that's all you can do really because yeah. other i mean if you're doing more than what you can do you're running yourself into the ground yeah one phrase that my husband told me once because i'm so we're so similar it's crazy <laughs> and he just turns around to me one day and he's like babe you're never done and he's right. like, and you never want mm -hmm. to be done. You never will be done. And that, honestly, you know, sometimes it's just a phrase that someone says to you in the right moment when you're open to listening. I think I was so frazzled at that point mm. that when he's like, but would you ever want to be done? I was like, that's true. Right. No, you'll never be done. It was like my, my husband's a financial advisor and he was like, you know, he goes through these worksheets with his clients of basically like how how old do you want to be when you retire? This is what you have to do with your money to get there. Mm. And we've gone through them and I'm like, but I don't ever want to retire. Like, right. <laughs> so how do we make as much money as possible by the time I'm this age so that I can keep working? Yeah, kind of like you, where it's like you start um, discovering new things about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when it starts to feel good, I just lean into it more and more. Yeah, um, I love that. So speaking of your power, yeah. what do you think your superpower is? Resilience, resilience. I mean, I was born on drugs, right? Like, and I can't even tell you how many times I've been offered cocaine and I've been offered the drugs I was born on um, and said no. And like, just wanted to be a different person than the person I was born to be. That's amazing. Yeah. So where can people find your amazing music uh, and you and your company and all of that good stuff? Um, you can Google me, Tara Mackey. Uh, it'll come up. Uh, all my music is wherever music is streamed, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. And you can follow me at uh, Tara A. Mackey on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook amazing. as well. Very and you've got your new EP coming out soon? My new EP is coming out at the end of August. So yes, that will be available for download too. And my new single will definitely be out by the time people are watching this. <laughs> guys, guys, I freaking love her music. I listen to it. She already knows I have it on autoplay on my phone when I'm working out. It is so motivating because her words are really real and they really resonate because it comes from just such an authentic place. So go check her out. Go check Check out all the crazy and incredible stuff that this woman is doing. If you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billiot. And if you're not subscribed and this episode brought you value, press that subscribe button down there. Join in in these discussions. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.